Riding around the city feeling 2.0 Cause I leveled up this year, case you never know Went half of the fam, went half of my bros Added comments to my stack and brands to my clothes uh, Another week, 2.0 podcast We've got a special guest, Jordan Bob What are you saying bro, are you good? Do you know what, I'm good man, love for the call up When I was active, I'm ready Give everyone like a brief background of like your come up and what you're doing now yeah, man. So right now, I'm an A&R for Columbia Records UK. So it's basically, I've been there for three years. And my role is kind of to bring in like new artists, new talent, help find the next big artist, you know what I mean? Tell us a bit about you before being an A&R. Now. Yeah, so before A&R, I went to, well, I went to school with you, obviously, innit? So we went Royal Russell years ago. And then I left Royal Russell, went uni for three years and I did business management. And so it was good, man. Got the first, made mum happy. And I always knew that I wanted to work in the music industry. Obviously, back then I thought I was going to be the next Drake in it. So I was doing the rap thing. It didn't work <laughs> out. <laughs> it happens like that. But yeah, man. And like, thankfully, I mean, my come up was different to other people because like, I'm obviously my mum's an artist and my godfather ran the label and then so how it kind of works is when I was at uni and I was like hitting him up and obviously it wasn't a thing he didn't just hand it to me on the plate he was at another label at the time and I was like yo like 30 I want to work in the music industry like but back then I didn't even know about it like before jumping into the label I just thought yeah there's a couple guys in the room they sign records put it out and sit there and cross their fingers you know what I mean and obviously he sat down with me and he was like yo look like this what do you want to do in the music industry and, the, and you know, because I was young in it, the first thing I was like, oh yeah, I want to be a songwriter. And he looked at me and he said, all right, then let me hear your tunes. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm like, I, I want to use that. If you're, you want to be a songwriter, then you should have come to me with songs already. So that was mm. kind of the first wake up call for me. It's like, obviously it's something that you say, it's like when you're young, you'd be like, you want to be a footballer, innit? But you're not really yeah. waking up every day and going to the park and making sure you can do the mad things, you know what I mean? So it was yeah. like, I was like, okay, Obviously, that ain't what I want to do passionately, but I want to do something where I'm around artists. And then he basically like, broke it down to me, talked to me about the different departments, marketing, A&R, promo, radio, press. And like, the first thing, like, when he spoke to me about A&R, I was like, what? Working with artists? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's me. Do you know what I mean? Finding the new guys. Do you think your mum had a big influence? Yeah, I think so. Who's your mum, actually? A lot of people obviously don't know who your mum is, so just give a bit yeah, of Yeah, so my mum's a singer called Gabrielle. So she had, like, a, a hit called Dreams, um, like, 20 years ago. Dreams, But sadly, man didn't get the singing voice, did it? <laughs> she kind of influenced it in a sense that, because obviously she had the connection. Oh, Jordan, I don't think you're telling them who your mum is. Come I on. wouldn't even have spoken about it, but these days there's Google, fam, so people would have found that anyway. Everyone knows that song, fam. It's a banger. <laughs> Do you know what? It's funny because obviously, because she's my mum, and I, I kind of don't see it. I'm just like, yeah, that's mum did it. But like, even to this day, fam, like considering that came out like what, 25 years ago, like mm. even like people that I know, they'll go out, they'll get drunk, they'll spit, it'll come on, they'll send it to me, and I'm like, wow, like this song is still holding weight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's mad. That's a real <laughs> Sunday song, like you know when like your mom's cleaning the yard. So this is why it's jokes because obviously she like had her career, she did her thing. But she, we never spoke about it in the house in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, for example, let's say she has a show coming up, yeah? On God, I'll be the last person to know. Let's say she's doing something on a Saturday, yeah? It'll be like Saturday morning. So I come downstairs, I'm like, oh, eating breakfast. I'm like, what are you saying today? She's like, yeah, I've got a show tonight. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then the cheat, yeah, I'll be like, oh, so um, 
what like I can come and my saw it. She's like, oh, I don't know, ask my manager. Like she boys it. How can your mum not try bussy? Don't rate me, fam. Just going back to what we were saying earlier, is that she we don't really talk about work and that. So like when I'm talking like meeting artists and stuff, we never speak about it. Because I think if she's done it, she don't really care. But Jordan, what I found interesting though, obviously I know I could tell already the fact that we had to bring your mum up and you don't want to talk about it. One thing I was saying that we had a previous episode talking about private school and the connections yeah. you build, etc. Yeah. So like you and Jerry met through private school. Your yeah. mum's an artist. You said that your godfather was a label executive or whatnot. But I think it's not just that. Are you going to use it? We know a lot of people that go to private school and they have the connections, yeah. but they get comfortable. So what made you actually like go out there and actually use those connections and not just kind of feel, well, I'm sorted anyway, like my mum's an artist. I never had that thought of, yeah, I'm sorted. Because it's like, look, whatever your parents have, you don't have that. There was definitely a man that went in there and were like, okay, look, I've got to use these connections. You know what I mean? Because like, it's private school, it, there's so many people from different backgrounds, which I think is good in a sense, because like, you will meet people, yeah, like, and obviously, Coming from where, like, I'm from Beckenham, Bromley sides, and it's like, if I didn't go to that school, I would only be used to meeting man from that area, kind of see the dads with their businesses and whatnot, and, like, do you know what I mean? But when you go to private school, there's dons, I won't drop names, but, like, like Asian students, fam, and, like, these guys' dads are, like, like multi-millionaires. I'm not talking, like, 30, 50 Ms, like, two, three hundred Ms. You know these men are doing the madness. So their approach to life is different. I think being around that is motivating, man. It's funny that you said that some of the guys from your school had dads that are multi-millionaires. The dads in our era that have money, they do fraud or sell drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny that the role models, the difference, you get what I'm saying? You know, before like, you sort of touched on, I guess, like, being an A&R and that, um, I think you sort of touched on what it includes a little bit, but are you able to sort of like deep dive into that? Because I guess like, some of us sort of have like no knowledge of like the music industry, innit? Do any of you might even know what ALR stands for? Yeah. A lot of people think it means artist relations, but no, it's artist and repertoire. And what it is, is this innocent, like football, like obviously you've got the scouts who go to the game. I think so yeah. our role is kind of to find new artists and also yeah. work with the ones that we've got. When I talk to like old, like people from older generations, they'll be like, yeah, so you're at the gigs and that. And it's like, I think that was how it, like, it used to be. I think we're in like a digital generation now. Do you know what I mean? Like with the world of YouTube, Instagram and stuff, guys are just blowing up. So they're not, they're blowing up before they even have shows. There's been a lot of talk in it. People are saying that like with these labels, that they sort of target the metrics and not the talent anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, what do you think about that? And then when you're sort of looking for people, is yeah. it more about like their natural like ability or how much numbers they bring in? Because obviously numbers is important for money. Don't yeah. get it twisted. Yeah. But at the same time, you get like the 30s of the world who... You get me, have that their moment in the sunshine and then they're not relevant anymore. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what it is? I think for me, like, I can't speak about how other men work, but I think me personally, like, I love music in it. Do you know what I mean? And like, as we all do, I can't meet an artist mm. that is doing well, whatever, has tunes out, getting the bars, and look at man in the face and say, Yeah, I think you're sick. You're going to be this, that, if I don't feel it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, me personally, I have to get the music. So, when yeah. I'm looking for people, like, there's different criteria, you know what I mean? Like there's no, every artist is different in their own right. Like there will be the guy that is lyrically amazing, doing a mad thing, but he's only on 10K views. If yeah. I think he's sick and I think there's room for him, either we could come in, match him with producers, work yeah. with them, build him up, then 100% I'm on side and we'll, we'll try and get him in the label in any mm -hmm. way that I can. But then there is the person who you'll probably look at and be like, okay, he's okay, but 
he's sitting on eight hundred k views, and he's not that great, but he's made a banger. And I think yeah. a lot. I think the rap world's harsh because a lot of people will look at artists and be like, okay, he's dead. He shouldn't be getting this. But mm. I think being an artist is more than just your your lyrical ability. Like at the end of the day, you're a brand. You're an entertainer. So if you know how to make a catchy hook that's going to appeal to 13 and 15 year olds and, and they're the ones that are using their mum's card to go and pay for Spotify and buy it on iTunes, do your thing. Money's money. And like, I think an artist's career, realistically, it would be sick if they would, like, an artist's career would last for 30, 40 years. Obviously, some guys do, but the, think about how many men make music. So yeah. some men are probably only going to be in it for three years. So if you're, you, a label comes running, they're offering you two, 300 grand fam. You don't know when that next of what's gonna come so you're gonna take it i remember yeah. like one time i was chatting to um ish in it and like yeah. he showed me like one artist maybe from yorkshire i don't know i'm, I'm guessing so somewhere from yeah. there yeah so like i was saying that he's not like good but you could market him do you know what i'm saying so it's like you may have like them kind of conversations as well in it so yeah 100 percent. but then here's a question for you what do you class as good i think what makes good music today jordan i think it has to be like sonically it needs to sound amazing so when you're listening to it whether it's the beat or whether it's the like the cadence or the flow, I yeah. think that has to be on point. If that's not on point, then I just think it's just a whatever thing. There's yeah. people that are not good, yeah, but they just make a tune that when you hear it, you're just gonna keep saying it. Enough times you see the shit artists that can't put a fire in the booth together, but yeah. we'll just make a song in your head. Twenty fours, like oh yeah, but made the bang. There you go. So that is the skill, though. It's good, yeah, but I think it's moving away from that again. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Jordan. What Yo. sort of artist do you actually like to work with? That's a mad question. I've never been asked that, you know. Me, personally, I like when they're very hands-on, in a sense, coming with ideas and that. Like, know who they want to work with. Know their vision and where they want to be. So, like, for example, like, in the lockdown, we just signed a girl. She's wicked. I won't, I won't name drop any artists or anything, but, like, she's good, young, 18. And, like, even from the first calls that we had with her, she was, like, she knew who she wanted to be as an artist. She had the vision. She was, she's very hands-on speaking to the marketing team, coming with mood boards and that. And, like, that's, it's helpful for us because then what will probably sometimes happen is that we'll sign an artist. They don't really know what they want to do, mm. what direction they want to go in. So we'll come with ideas and they'll be like, actually, we don't want to do that. Do you know what I mean? And it's kind of, it wastes time. Is there like a specific genre you like to work with as well? So like me, obviously I came up listening to rap. Like that is my thing. Like, I love it. But mm. I think working at Columbia has definitely opened my eyes to other genres. Like now I'm like, I'm Mammal Guy B for and appreciate the house records now. I appreciate like good singers, songwriters. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's opened me up in that sense. So it's good. Yeah. So Jordan, if like one of the artists on your label, like came out and said like some racist tweets, yeah. Yeah. How are the labels reacting to that now? Because you know it's a sensitive time with all yeah. the race going on. If it's an artist that is encouraging racism, they they have to go. Do you know what I mean? I think especially now more than ever, there's been CEOs. I won't name dropping here, so it's all out there. But like they've done stuff in the past, like seven, eight years ago, whether it's blackfacing or tweets, and they've been they ain't gone back to work on the Monday. So like there's definitely a zero policy for it. Basically, I want to know, yeah, like you know when. Let's say you scout the artist, you're fucking with his sound, his look whatsoever, yeah? But let's just say he's mad-breaded, yeah? So he's got a lot of money. They're up. You can't offer man 20k for a single. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're not taking it. They, they man have that on their wrist. And that is when it becomes long. So how it works with, like, the Spotify, don't quote me on this, but it's about 5k for a million streams. You sign for 200 grand, yeah? You've got to do 40 million streams on that track. Just, just to break even. Not mm, taking into mm. account the marketing spend. Not taking, like, what else is there? It's obviously the marketing spend, they'll, like, promo, all that shit. So they're probably going to spend about 220, 230. So, 
And obviously, if it doesn't make that that much, if it's not breaking even, then don't get me wrong, 45 million streams, 40 million is attainable, but it's not a walk in the park. But let's say you really want the artists, like, what do you do? Do you, do you have to speak to, like, you know, like senior management and probably pitch yeah. to them? And say, what, if, I, if I really want them to think, yeah. Yeah, it's, really, because you, you, yeah. you can see the potential. You will have to go and try and find a deal that will be desirable for them. Because, like, music's a game of opinion. Like, how many times have you heard a song and be like, yeah, this is dead. And then in a week, you're like, no, no, I get it now. Do you know what I mean? Like, not every man's <laughs> going to get it on first listen. It, on first listen, it don't matter how many years you've been doing this thing, there's still artists that you're not going to get at first. What is the, the criteria that you look for in an artist? Like, is there certain bullet points that you're looking for in someone to make you think, yeah, I've got to get him on board or get her on board? Or is it just kind of like a freestyle thing? Straight away, first, I have to like the music. And if I don't like the music, then there has to be other factors which makes me think, do you know what, these lot, they're a star. Do you know what I mean? They build up they built up a following, people engaging with it, or they're doing something different that other people aren't. That's what I kind of look for. Like, I don't go and listen to a tune and then get out a pad of bullet points and be like, tick, tick. <laughs> like, it's not, it's different for each one. If you didn't do a &R, what would you be doing, Jordan? I'd be an accountant. <laughs> it's a random one, and everyone always laughs when I say that. But when I went uni and I did um, business management, there was bare accounting modules. And like, long story short, when I was back in school and I did A-levels, I, I failed maths in it mainly because I didn't want to do it. And so my mum made me do it, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I just didn't ever revise for it. But when I got to uni and it was a module, I was like, all right, let me actually see if I can do maths. And like, they were the modules. I was getting like 90, 95 in it. And I couldn't, like, I was like, right, like, I can actually do this. I just enjoyed it. So that's what I would have done. Um, earlier, you were speaking about um, being around certain artists that I really got money and it's hard to like, entice them with certain things, yeah? So like, what's it like? Because I can assume that you've been, especially with the upcoming of Drill, and stuff yeah. like that, you've been around some different kind of artists. So what's it like being around them, the erratic young man who don't know how to behave in a room and that? Do you, does it ever make you feel away? Do you ever feel like you're in danger? Do you know what? I've never felt like that. At the end of the day, everyone's human. Everyone's manning. Because I sometimes forget, like, I'll email people all day long and like you go and link up with them. And I forget that for some of these young artists, when they're like an A&R from a major emails, and it's like a thing, they'll be like, rah, like, I'm hard. Do you know what I mean? It's sick. So they've never come in a meeting and been horrible or anything like that. Everyone's calm. Everyone's down to earth, man. Jordan, just for my knowledge, so what are the artists currently on your label at the moment? And also, like, could you name some, like, big artists you've worked with? So, like, Calvin Harris, Rag and Bowman, George Ezra, Snake Hit, Be Young... We've got Notes, we've got Dig That, Kenny All-Star. And then from US-wise, we've got... It's funny, because obviously I know all these artists off the back of my hand, but when it comes to listening to them out, I always forget. But Rick Ross, Tyler Do Creator, ASAP Rocky, Childish Gambino. I know I've missed off loads, but like those are the artists that we, yeah, that we work with. When you've been in the studio with artists, is there any artist that comes to mind where you just thought, wow, like this guy's actually talented or this girl's talented? The standard, because you get used to kind of being around it. Do you know what it is? I know that they're all sick. Any, like whenever, if I've ever been in the studio and I'm seeing them and they're doing their thing, I'm just like, wow, like I understand why they're so good. Like it's little things that like when you see some artists go in the booth, they will just like one take, like you know that they've been putting in the work and doing it for years. Uh, would you say that some artists like actually go in the booth and just freestyle have you seen yeah, that 100%, yeah 100% that one spins me as well I remember when I watched some um, documentary years ago on Tiger and he was like yeah yeah I just run the beat and freestyle and we'll take the best bits and I was like what like man lets you do that but yeah a lot of them do that man everyone has different writing styles I always ask um, when I meet people as well like how do you write because I think mainly I just love the music I'm fascinated by it because everyone's different some man won't even play the beat they'll be like yeah I'll listen to the beat once stop it write the verse come back I would be like, yeah, I'll do it in fours. And like, it's just, it's different, man. It's sick. As long as it works, it works.
Yeah, Jordan, you know what I find here? Like, a lot of artists, like, say they don't know what to do with their money, yeah? Like, what kind of advice do the labels give them on investments? Because, like, even people that haven't made it to that level, they always think, right, like, when I get to the top or whatever, like, what would I actually do with my money? Do you have any advice or does your label give you advice on, like, where to invest? So I think before, I think there wasn't really kind of advice given by the label. Like, I think they literally give the advance and then it's up to the artist. But I don't know, I think there's kind of situations we've kind of heard about them like not managing the money and stuff, and which I get, because like, a lot of artists that get signed, they're young, man, they're like 17, 18, giving these men more, like 50 to 100 bags, probably more. Like, you know, they don't, they might not know, some of them don't know about tax and that. So it's like, I think we're definitely putting things in place to kind of help give them insight into how to manage their money and stuff. So yeah, my advice would be to get a good accountant. If you man actually made it to the top and you rap it, you got dropped like a hundred bags or something like what do you or two, let's say three hundred bags, sorry. Like what's the first thing you guys will do? Like is it property? Is it art? Is it bust downs? Like, I can't lie, yeah. Like I'll be like, even lying to myself, I said I wouldn't cop a bust town. Like, I'll definitely cop a bust town, innit? But I definitely would. <laughs> but similarly, um Alex, you're fried, man. I like it. I like when you bust on your watch. No, let me finish. Let let me finish. Let me finish. I'll definitely get a bust on because it's nice and then I'll invest it. Property art, plain Jane's. Do you know what I'm saying? So. I'll get a bust on because it's nice. But I'm saying I'll invest in obviously like plain Jane watches, bro. And the mm. thing is, a lot of men let that let watches kind of go over the head, bro. Like my mentors definitely made some healthy amount of flips just from investing in watches. You said you got mentors, yeah. I don't know why you're banning because this is not new <laughs> information. G. I didn't. I didn't got a mentor. So give it a rest. I'm not, I'm not bantering. Why is it touching? You've been known. It depends on it on what the, on what you're getting dropped. You know, it's like if I'm if man's getting like a quarter million or something, yeah, I'll probably cop like a, a franchise. You know, if I'm being honest. And to get that money going, I heard that you can get a mat of these like a quarter milli. I probably caught a mat of these in a certain area. So what? Once your money will be gone. You blow it straight one. like that. <laughs> <laughs> this how the hey, ice cream broke, bro. Bro, you can never go broke by buying a McDonald's. We like literally just had COVID, didn't it? And like we saw a lot of restaurants close down. So I, I, I mean, saw McDonald's stay. No, no, they closed down. Closed down. No, as in we saw them stay, as in they're back. But these now ain't going nowhere, fam. They they open their drive-throughs. It's just like it's, it's safe, isn't it? And you have to look at it, innit? It's like, you might have to look at it as a man just buying a burger business. Not really, fam. It's a property, innit? You're investing in a property and the property generates income on its own, innit? I'm trying to say to you. With me, yeah, I think I would actually just, like, take time to educate myself, innit? I feel like everyone sort of, like, talks about getting money and, invest- and investing in something, but you need to sort of learn about these things. So maybe if you sort of, like, connected with like a financial advisor like as soon as you sort of come into like a big sum of money that would be helpful you don't need a large sum of money essentially to start uh investing you can actually start from having a small amount so for i don't know if your question was what would you actually do with the money right obviously coming from finance background you first of all have a diversified portfolio right maybe i don't know 50 percent in like hard assets so like real estate or art as you mentioned maybe 25 percent in like stocks and bonds maybe 15 percent in alternatives such as like crypto or wine, and then 
maybe ten percent on like alpha stuff. So like you know, investing in like IB brokers like BlackRock, Ashes, and whatnot. But I don't think you need like two hundred and fifty bags to start your investing. You can start with five grand. You can start with ten grand from like people like us. You don't need like a large sum of money to start. Right? You said people like us, but you gotta remember, yeah, like. At the end of the day, these artists, like, they can actually use five or ten grand and put it in things. But yeah. as you see, they buy a drip, um, they buy a drip, bury them, buy a drip and bust them. Yeah, it's just a mentality because it's just like, it's just like to them, yeah, I think it's like, if I don't have a bust down, it looks like my career's not going well. You get it? They get roped into that thing. If I was playing a very, very safe game, what's the, what's the numbers? What numbers do I have? 100k? 300 racks. 300 racks. I would probably buy 10 Daytoners or 10 Hulks. I'll probably sit on them for like two, three years. Probably make four or five grand on each of the, the Hulks. So those are watches, by the way. So those are Rolexes. Like Jay said as well, I would obviously have to diversify um, my investment portfolio. So um, I'll definitely um, invest in like maybe stocks and shares of um, like big companies, blue chip companies. I would definitely put money in crypto, but I'd be very, very like aware that, all right, cool, this money I'm putting in crypto, I might lose. So maybe like, I don't know, maybe that like between five and 10K. And um, I would probably, if I was an artist, I would probably create like online content. Because let's say, for example, if you've got a big platform like an artist, yeah, bruv, you can just like sell shit to consumers. So like, I don't know how to blow in the music game or how to get a deal with that. All the information I know and my experiences, I would just sell it on to the average person. And now, so if I had 200 racks, I think I'd put around 50% of it into property type things. Um, I, I, I think I'd do 10% I'd probably put into my own, my own initiatives. I think with, with 20%, I'd probably put that into kind of like stocks and shares. And then I might just stack the other 20%. I think that's what I think that's what I would do. People have been mentioning bust downs and all that type of thing there. Fam. I ain't doing nothing with a bust down, bro. I don't care about that stuff. Yeah, I, what I would do, yeah, one purchase I definitely would want to do. I think there's a big market for this in the UK. You could just bring over a strip club over here. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're a big popping rapper, yeah, if you're like Afredo and there's bare, you got that clout and you got that notoriety, girls like you. If he started his own shit club in like London and it was cool for the scene, you could try to bring over that Atlanta culture because I still think that the UK scene is the, what the American scene was like in the 90s. I think we're still forming um, and we're not at that peak yet. To get what I'm trying to say, I think you can follow a lot of the blueprints that are already in America. Do you get it? Like, man, am I eating wings in the strip club and that in America, enjoying their time? People fly over there just to have that experience, but there's nothing like that in London. So maybe it's something like that. The thing about like ATL and it's like it's very it's a very black area. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel like with like London, you got to sort of like accommodate like what like maybe more so what the white people would like as well. I feel like that, that's what impacts the strip culture over here. So it's like that same business model may not be as effective. What are you trying to say? That black people just love strip clubs? Obviously they do because we have like white ones in London, but it's like the kind of things that are going on in ATL, it's like sort of centered around black culture, you get? Whereas in our team's more diverse, you know what I'm saying? If you're in London, like, if you want to be profitable, you've got to appeal to sort of both sides, you get? If you're in ATL, all you gotta do is appeal to blacks. You've got to appeal for yeah, for your surroundings. That's just life, bro. That's not special. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but if you if you've got a business in Soho, yeah, and there's like hella white people around there, would you would you not want to appeal to them? Yeah, that's what I said. That's in anything though. You're gonna appeal to what's around you, you know what I'm saying to you. Yeah, but obviously, like he sort of mentioned the ATL culture. So that's like 
the black yeah, chicken wings, wings right. like chicken wings. You get it? Like, yeah, it's like that's very niche. You get it? We don't yeah. have like characteristics for that. You see that those American baddies are there. They're willing to go to them lengths, but in the UK, I feel like we got a, one from like a more a judgmental country as well. 100. And I don't think that will stand. The ones you're hundred percent right. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, bro, UK girls started jumping on Swams' live twerking, and people's like, oh my god, bro, things are moving, bro. Like the scene's growing. For Cash App will come over to the UK soon, bro. Yeah. You'll see, you'll see, time will be moving and moving and moving. It'll get right. closer and closer to that culture. The mentality won't change around it. You know what I'm saying? As in, like. There was a lot of girls that were dissed for going on Swarms' live and stuff like that. You get me? Like, it ain't the same as the US, bro. Like, obviously, like, we touched on it in the earlier podcast, but it's like, the culture around here is more strict. It's more judgmental. Like, everyone's more judgy, especially even, like, even with guys. Like, in America, like, they can date the same women. We can't date the same women like, like that. Toll roads. I've seen a couple still, and they can be quite lucrative. <laughs> Alex, shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't think I'm talking rubbish. Go research. Not even on a, a, a joke thing. What are you talking about in the UK or in like Africa? Because I know in Africa in, there's a lot of like in toll the, roads. But... In the UK, bro. In the UK. Oh, you can't buy toll roads in the UK for like hundred bags. What are you talking about, bro? Did I say a hundred bags? How much, bro? Yeah, bro. How much? bro say trying to buy that for crossing. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> my words, not a bridge. I said a road. It's different. Let's hear Jordan's response. Okay, go on. Well, so if I got the mad advance, you got the mad advance. How yeah, you, so, what are you gonna do with the bag? You see, I heard you, man's once. And the thing is, the sad thing is, I don't know about crypto key and buying wires and that. Me, if I was an artist, what I'll do, I'll put half of it into property, put like a deposit down on the place. And then I'll use the other money. What I'll do is I'll probably put like 10, 20% into merch or like for my, because if I'm an artist and I'm getting that money, surely that means I've got the fan base. So I'll put money into that because guys make so much peace from good merch. And then I would probably invest in a studio space because I think a lot of money can be made from studios. And I, my background being in music, I would look into like renting out space and then using my, like my fan base to kind of get the new and upcoming artists into that place. And then I would also try and set up something management-wise. Probably, I don't know, spend like 20, 30 racks and look for an artist that I think is sick. And then, yeah, help them blow. That's what I would do. Uh, I've got a question in it, because we've got like um, a lot of Nigerians here, innit, yeah? Like, how do you man feel about like sending money back home for investments and that? Because you know, obviously like we hear about a lot of like horror stories where like people send money back home and then some mix-up happens and things don't get built and yeah. whatever. Like, how, like, how are you man feeling about sort of like building Africa? The thing is, yeah, it's, it's, even, it's great, I'm trying to say to you, to build Africa as well, yeah, because you get more for your money with the exchange rate and whatnot. But you see with the corruption, yeah, anything you pay for, you just know you've got to send double, innit? it. I'm trying to say to you, like, for example, man's built, I'm building one in property for, to, to fence it. I'll send the money to fence it. I just know in three weeks or four weeks' time, I have to send the money to fence it again. It's just how the game goes, you get me? But ideally, yeah, if we actually invested in our own countries, it will take away the power that we have in the Western world and it will restore the power we have in our third world countries. And that will actually bring elevation, but I don't think civilization is ready for that movie. You know, to your point, yeah, of saying, oh, you've got to fence your place here and then send that money again. That's corruption, obviously. Yeah. It's like, why would you deal with that? Do you get it? As in, obviously, that's it's the like... Country, but then if you look at the opportunity, fam, that's the future. Africa is the future. No, but surely you would need, like, business partners who you trust, or maybe you have to probably, like, take six months out of your schedule 
to go there yourself and put the foundations and together. Yeah, I, I, think, I think if you want to start a business in one of those countries, then you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to take some time out and go out there. I don't feel like the back and forth thing really works. Or unless you've got someone that you trust. For example, if I move over to Nige, bro, like, you know man's over there. You know you can trust me with that. I'm going to say to you. The whole thing of sending peas back home, you're basically always getting bumped, in it. Because I've got cousins in Jamaica, always ask for bread. I'm just like, gee, I'm not sending you bread, bro. Because the minute I send you bread, two days later, you're going to be asking for more bread, fam. Obviously, like, you know, obviously, like, we went, um, Nige 2019, yeah? Us three, innit? And obviously, like, we sort of met our family in a bracket and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you sort of got the vibe as like, we're the sort of family members that made it out. Like, our, our parents, our family sort of made it out. Mm-hmm. So it's mm. like, you could sort of share a bit of your fortune. No, the very first time I was there, yeah, when I went, um, I gave my cousin the, my iPad because I know I can actually just buy that back with ease. Do you know what I'm saying? The last time Osri was there, um, I dropped my man Air Force and couple shorts and T-shirts. We were there. You man even gave, I even dropped him bread as well, bro. We dropped him a month's salary, fam. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on, man. What about these, um, these Birkin bags? Are you man investing? When I actually saw what they looked like, I was like, is, bro, it just looks like it's from Topshop, from Ozara. It just looks basic, like. I can't believe you could buy them for, like, 25 racks. But people are saying that the value increases, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs. I think with the Birkin bags, they're all, they're all handmade, innit? And um, I think no two bags are the same, innit? So on that basis, it's, 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 a, it's more or less like a one-of-one, innit? And um, mm. depending on the condition of the bag, mm. like, obviously, if, if it's a brand-new bag, but let's say it was made, I don't know, 10 years ago 15 years ago yeah someone might have wanted it back then but couldn't get it and mm. then because they want it so much that's that's the price they're willing to pay for it to get me so it's exclusive kind of thing it's not really like, about, like how good like i guess the bag is it's about like it's handmade maybe like it's customized i don't know the value but it's like how would you even price something like that for all you niggas in london that have a small amount of money i think at the moment max out your ass is um, they don't pay tax on your, you don't pay tax on the interest or the dividends or the capital gains and there's no taxable um, debts on the withdrawals you can also invest 20k a year in your assets your pensions fill those out to the max each year um, you get 40% rebate when you put in so if you put in 10 grand they essentially value it at 10 grand but you're actually only putting in 6 grand you get 40% back on the inside also investing in stocks I think growth stocks at the moment companies that offer um Strong earnings go for a high, like, price-to-earnings ratio or value stocks. If you think about, like, emails, yeah, um, to send a message from today even to get on the Zoom, yeah, like, as in I took the, the link from the WhatsApp, emailed it to myself and clicked the link on my computer. It's just everything's instant, yeah? When you want to order from Amazon, it can come by the next day. The only thing that can't actually um, be sent instantly, especially when it's large sums, is, is money. Like if you if you know anything about banking, if you wanted to like send money from here to to Canada to America, it's a process. To get what I'm saying, sometimes things take three to five days to even settle. With cryptocurrency, a lot of the time, some of them can settle within three seconds. Some of them can settle within a few hours. And people believe that money is going to turn digital. So if you think back in the day, people used to trade cattle. So they used to trade like horses and stuff. Then people used to trade gold. Then it turned to paper. I believe money's going to move onto the digital platform sooner or later. China's already exploring digital currency. So, yeah, guys, I'll say have a read into it or have a look into it. If you're a bit sceptical on, I think, the cryptocurrency and, you know, all of the um, 
the more alternative uh, investments. And just basically, the last couple of weeks or even like two months, a month or so, I'll say I've been bare questions about like what you should invest in in terms of like stocks, bonds, and all of this stuff. Because everyone's just sitting at home on like a bit of cash and wondering where to put their money. But my advice would be like growth stocks. So these are basically like companies that offer like strong earnings growth for like a high P, as I mentioned earlier. However, they're obviously a bit more volatile than like the broader market or value stocks. So um, these are stocks that obviously appear undervalued. For example, would be like some gaming stock, like gaming platforms. So obviously everyone during the quarantine was at home. And if you saw the stock prices of like gaming platforms, they soared just because everyone at home started to play like Call of Duty online and one. See like Jay-Z, he dropped a lot of gems in his last album about art. Has anyone actually researched into buying art? Because I've never done that, but I heard that it could create the bag. Like art, the art that he's million. buying is like 1.2345 million, then it flips to 20 something million. It's a myth, bro. Can we get like a little five bag, ten bag art, flip it to yeah, 50? Man, them things are like that? two million. They're like two million, fam. That's mad prices. You can't just disregard your question because there will be some art you can flip from 10 to 50 bags in it. But then that's probably like the niche ones. The ones that everyone wants, like the Van Gogh and all of that, that's like a million plus. You get it? To be fair, by the time like Alex buys his plane, Jane and Wands buys his McDonald's, there's not going to be no money left. I find him a lot of my these, but when that's generating like what, maybe like 80k a week, it, it was like making sense, isn't it? No, it was, was. You know what? Yeah, what you're saying about the franchise, yeah, it's clever. Bro, man's learned about that at uni. But the reason why it was funny, because you said you're going to spend the whole 250k on one thing. Yeah, That's all in. It's all in, bro. Brother, if one pipe first, you're done. It's like, to be honest, like, I'm not the kind of person to put like all of my money into something in it. Yeah, so Jordan, like, I was just thinking, like, how is like the corona like affected um the labels are you lot still signing a lot of artists is there music coming out like did you stop like what actually happened with that yeah so do you know what it's funny because i remember when obviously like we it first happened like lockdown and that and we got the email saying we weren't going to be in office for like two weeks and i was like even then i remember thinking yeah right we're definitely coming back in and obviously we've never did so like music wise about after the first two, three weeks of like when it's all kind of picked up, releases, I, like, I remember being, I was looking on like SoundCloud and Spotify and it, was, it definitely slowed down. And I think I remember having an A&R meeting and like in my, like, I kind of, I'm not going to lie, I took my foot off the gas. I stopped looking for music, mainly because I thought, is it even out there now? It's not going to be released. And I think our head of label was just like, basically everyone like, what are you doing? Like pattern up, like the music is there and it's true. The music is always there. There's sick artists who have not released something yet that is going to be the next Stormzy, do you know what I mean? Like, they're just sitting on, on bare bangers, do you know what I mean? So you have to go out and find them. And um, yeah, man, like, I think after about four, three, four weeks in, like, it, it started picking up again. Like, releases were coming, people were dropping music. You go, it's like, so if you're changing the way of working, instead of meeting people in person, you're chatting to everyone on Zoom, Teams, and all that. And yeah, it picked up again, man. And I think, thankfully, because now that it's like it's a streaming world do you know what i mean the label is still making money from streaming if not probably more money because everyone's at home now so they're playing listening to music all day so i think it has obviously the live aspect of it is definitely slow slowed down because there's no shows on but from like streaming and making money on that front is still good from what i know anyway yeah this is just a side note yeah, yeah. you know you speak well and you're very knowledgeable about music, yeah, you should actually think about doing some sort of show or music or host something or a podcast. Because I think, like, the stuff you're saying, 
Yeah. A lot of people don't know, and everyone loves music. No, I love, man. I always think that. Like, I think a lot of... Because like, even when I meet people, and like, like me, upcoming artists and stuff, I, let's say the meetings like an hour and a half, for example. Like More time, I spend 45 minutes just chatting to them about the label and what they should and shouldn't do and they always look at me like but you're you're part of the label you shouldn't be saying this like you should be be like come and sign and like that isn't the way to go all the time you know what i mean so i'll dare i'll look into that but i don't know i've got to conquer the air and thing first if you're starting up as an artist be signed to a label or start your journey off as an independent artist so i think i think every artist is different in it like no there is some artists who definitely should be signed to a label and there is some that probably that obviously shouldn't but when you sign to a label there's different times in which I think you should and shouldn't so like when you're on the come up for example and I, I hate to say it but I do that like, this is my opinion I don't care what, who, what anyone says but like if you're on a rapper I do think that sometimes signing to a label can slow you down and I think the come up you have to be dropping tunes every four weeks do you know what I mean like there's so many men doing this thing now that if you don't someone else will you've missed your spot in a sense so I think on the come up me personally, if I was an artist, I, would, I wouldn't sign to a label at first. What's the downside to signing to a label? Because obviously, you know the, the flip side yeah. to the, all the positive. This is the so thing, like, the not, like, there's no right or wrong with this. It's a, like, honestly, people can argue this for time. Like, you always hear a man, like, be like, oh, yeah, I signed and I, I lost my kind of creative direction. They told me to do this, this and that. And I think, look, that's something that when you're negotiating your deal, when you're going in and meeting with a label, these are things that you need to be asking. You need to kind of work out who's going to be working the record. What is their plan? What do they see you doing in, as an artist as well as what you want to do? Do you know what I mean? You have to make sure that those two visions align. Like when guys probably say that, it's probably because they didn't really do the research. They kind of went in, didn't really do many meetings, didn't find out who they were working with, signed and then boom. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, a, it's a business, isn't it? And I think same way if you go to work at a company, they want to test you out and see how you are and kind of find out how you work and your personality. It's the same when you're going to these labels. You need to find out the people you're working with, man, because they're just humans, and You need to make sure they get it as well. If they don't get it, boy, don't sign there. I don't know. That's, that's my opinion on it. What's to the rest of the man's opinion? Reese, especially, because you, you don't like these labels. Do you know what it is, yeah? Like, I definitely feel, yeah, like, if you can be independent, be independent, because end of the day, like, there's too many horror stories with these labels. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's too many guys who have, like, sort of come back and say that there's something funny in their contract. They may have signed 360s under the guise of something else. And I feel like even with creative control or, like, when you drop, like, you can see how certain artists, like, can drop whenever they want and, like, they can like, take control of their own buzz. you know what I'm saying? But when you're under a label, it sort of limits you. Do you know what I'm saying? But um, obviously, I'm not in the music industry, innit? And I guess, like, I don't know the sort of figures that are being thrown around at these guys to make them sign like sort of 360 contracts, but I feel like ownership is everything in it. So when you see like, even the other day we had the case with um, Megan Thee Stallion, yeah, she must have sampled Easy E's um, beat or something like that or whatever, but his children had no involvement in that. So like from the business end, it's like, who owns your masters? You know what I'm saying? Nah, let me jump in because I feel like I've answered this from one side. I've only spoken about the negatives. You sign to a label to take it to the next level. Do you know what I mean? And it's also one big thing is resources. Do you know what I mean? It's like a lot of these artists, they don't have the connects to these places. Do you know what I mean? You don't have the connects to radio. You haven't done marketing. Bro, if you're an artist and you're a manager, your, your role is to be to get good music. That is where your focus should be. Doing all the other parts takes up time, man. Like, like having to actually make your record 
shoot the video, go and be like, okay, we want to do this form of marketing and that form of marketing, go to radio, hit this blog, that, do you know what I mean? Like, it's taking up time. You sign to a label because you want to join people who've been doing this for a living and will look at you and be like, you're that artist, so we're going to have this conversation for you. That is why you sign to a label for the connect. They've been doing this for time. They break artists as a job. That's why you sign. And they will probably help you come up with strategies and, I don't know, plans that you wouldn't even afford. All right, let's say I'm an artist now. Obviously, I'm a young boy. I'm from the ends, isn't it? I, I don't know much about contracts, yeah. business, all these things there. People like that fit that criteria. Would you say that in your industry that they're vulnerable because they don't really know what they're signing over? Do you know what I'm saying? As in, like, there's just so many, like, horror stories. Obviously, I get what you mean. As in, like, people in the label have been working there for years. Like, they know whatever. But it's like, ownership is sort of the new wave at the moment. Do you know what I mean? What I will say is that I think there's definitely needs to be something that kind of help let people understand what they're signing. Like, obviously, that's what the lawyer is there for. Do you know what I mean? So that is their role. When you sign the deal, you'll have your own lawyer. And okay. then the, and they will liaise with the lawyer from the label. I ain't signed my deal yet. <laughs> Don't worry, it's coming, bro. Yeah, I got bars Jordan, you know. Fam, we'll, we'll chat off, top, we'll, off this. Shout out, minute. We'll link up in the studio, fam. I'll you. I'll shout you. I'll shout you. I got you. I know this guy's a secret artist, you know. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, Jules. We used to actually got bars too. I know. I believe. I could, even the way man speaks, he's intelligent, fam. I know you're coming with that mad wordplay. I think if I was an artist, um, unless I wanted to become a pop star and then and become like a super super artist, I don't think. I would sign to a major um, label because obviously when you do sign to a major label, you kind of do sign away your, I guess, your artistic direction and your control over your music. So, yeah, man, that's just my take on it. You know what, Moff? I, I disagree with that, you know. Yeah, so do I. I say all I want to do is just become a millionaire. Yeah. Like, off the back of being independent, I've got my millions, like, I make my money through my streams. It mm. comes directly to me. I don't need you guys. It's getting to the position, the position of being able to make the millions from the music. Exactly. Think about all the trap stars and f ones here. That their videos are crazy. They even got private planes. They got money. Yeah. I, they think they can come in the game and just buy their way in there. Yeah? But bro, none of them blow. So there clearly is something that extra that's needed. You get what I'm trying to say? And I think the I actually think the real real secret is is distribution. Yeah. And and radio and and playlist connects. So if I if I'm trying to blow now, I would obviously take my independent wave up to the point it can get, sign a distribution deal. And once you're in there, bro, like once man them have links with Spotify, UK Rap, and Apple Music's playlist, and they keep you on there, they put you near the top. Capital Extra and BBC One Extra are playing you. You're you're done. You're sorted. But a big time trap star can't just do that. To get it, like if you try to pay the guy at Spotify to get him on the playlist it's not even worth it He's, it's not worth it for him the labels would already be sorting them out do you get what I'm saying there's not a rule but there's not a right way or a wrong way to blow in it and I think like let's say cool yeah if I was an artist if I let's say didn't have that much piece to be putting into studio putting into market and all that stuff I would 110% sign do you know what I'm saying so I have that back and I have that that, that big budget however I would just try my best to negotiate a deal that you know, I can have the freedom to drop various singles when I want. Not all deals that you're locked in, you know, single deals and like artist album deals, innit? So yeah. you can sign one single 
and have an option for a second and be out of that contract. Do you know what I mean? You know, like back in the day, like the whole like sort of Suge Knight era, you know, you know them people were like getting rolled over. Would you say that it's like progressed from th- those kind of times like massively? Because I feel like a lot of... <laughs> Like, he just owns everybody's life, you get it? As in, like, <laughs> like he goes to jail, everyone's cars gets taken, like, everyone's... Oh, damn. What I've noticed is that a lot of people want to sign single deals with an option. Yeah. Look, you have your tune, they release it, and then you're done, do you know what I mean? And that is desirable for a lot of men. So, and I get, right, the horror stories are mad. Look, if I was an artist, I would be like, nope, independent thing, based off the stories yeah. I've heard. So I get it, and why that, people think like that. Do you have a top three of your top three right now? Just top three. It's right now. I'm gonna go Huss, I'm gonna go Heady, and I'm gonna go Gets. Alex, who's yours? Heady one, Dutch. Picking the third is gonna be different. You ain't got one, you're slow. One's um, my favorite three artists. Yeah, I'm gonna go for it. I like Heady right now. And you know what is, yeah? I'm into a lot of oh. drill at the moment, innit? M24. Oh, M24. Oh, M24 is the guy. What's your, what's your oh, dickhead? You stole, you stole both my thunder fam. I was going to say him. Eddie and Hustle. my top three still. Moth gone. Unknown T. I think Unknown T is just, I think he's mad sick still. Meeks from Manchester. I like Frosty still. Jay, what would you say? Mine's Tiny Boost, man. Not going to lie. You man know I like that guy, man. But then after that is probably Huss. And um, yeah, that M24 guy at the moment still. Jordan, what would you say? This one's just... Do you know what it is? Because mine changes all the time. Like, obviously, there's the, the guys that we all... Like, obviously, like, the Husses, the Stormsies, the Daves, in it. I'm going to say that the three, which I'm gassed about right now, over, like, the past, like, couple of months. But Millions, he's the first guy who's come along in a minute. And I thought, wow, like, it's different. Abracadabra, the past two tunes he's done. And then for me, I'm gonna, there's a guy called Scully who's coming up now. He's, like, two tunes in. Uh, this, he's amazing. I was in the studio with him yesterday, mm. touching on the topic that you said earlier about when you've been in the booth, who's amazed you. I know that, like, don't get me wrong, I have, it's probably been a minute and it's probably fresh in my head, but bro, the guy's a beast. Plus, who's your top three? Storms Ibakara, Speckham. Here we go. <laughs> oh um, my God. Um, M Huncho and Heady. Mine is um, Heady One, M24. And I'll say Jay Huss, those are my fr- those are my three. See millions, yeah. I'm not completely sold yet. I like him, but after like two and a half minutes, his flow starts bugging me. Like it, it's the same. It, it's like, yeah, it's different, it's sick, but I haven't got used to it yet. Do you get what I'm saying? But maybe o- over time I'll get used Bro, to it. Bro, just take it in. To ease them, man. But you know, I've answered this based on who I'm gassed about right now. If we were obviously talking top three, top three, then it's this Stormzy, Dave and Huss for me. It's like, you know, like this era of musicians, isn't it? They're studio rappers, isn't it? Like they're not barring like they used to, do you know what I'm saying? And I feel like we're from that era of bars, you know what I mean? So it's like, when you hear a man like Tiny Bruce and them, it's like, it's the old school feel, isn't it? But it might not cross over as easy as someone like a AJ Tracy. But it's like someone like me, I would respect like Bruce more because obviously like I like brothers who can bar. You get me? I don't really. I've never really felt AJ, you know, Chase. Uh, I've never yeah. really felt. No chance. I cannot run that guy. No, no, no. To be fair, he can bar. He can bar. He can bar. But he can bar. But he's a pop star, fam. I'm not gonna lie. You listen to AJ Chase in your car, fam. AJ Chase is hard, you know. You man just you got a muffin. He's got a muffin. I'm lying, man. You do not run AJ Chase, man. Bro, I do listen to him. I've got. I've got his album. What do you think of H? Like really cold. Like what do you? Cold. H is hard. Cold. Hard. The same thing. I think of Eminem. If I rapped like H, I wouldn't be where H is, in it. And that's all that I'm gonna say on that statement before they in it kind of me. I think like this is better than it, personally, in it. As in like based on what I've seen in it, like the, the little definitely, definitely. Yeah. 
But, but yeah, it's like, man drops a small bit of Yoruba and everyone's losing their mind. When you sort of do certain things, it's magnified a bit more, you get it? So it's like, how I feel about H and the likes of Eminem and that, it's like, I don't think that they're on a high level. It's just that they're doing it for who they are, you get it? Do you think that Section Boys and 6-7 can come back? No. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No. One tune will bring you back. You know what I'm saying? So if you've got a banger, then you're good. You get me? And I feel like... Ramsey's story them... like, amplifies what you just said. You can be down and out in this industry, fam. You come back with a few bangers and you're yeah. good to go. I ask you, like, because what I clocked is there's cycles in it, yeah, of, like, groups that come through. There's Section Boys. Or even back to, like, So Solid Crew, More Fire Crew, Roll Deep, Boy Better No Section Boys, da, da, da. Like, what happens is a new one comes, you get it? Harlem Spartan came after. Right now, OFB are hot. So like, I feel like when there's a few, a couple groups that are hot at that time, the old ones, no one cares about them. Remember when people were even scared to type six seven on Twitter? Now no one even cares about it. Like, like you get it? People didn't even want to type six seven because they thought they were going to get shot back in the day. So it's like I feel like six seven and and um section boys. I see they try to come back with songs, but they just don't cross over. I think at this stage, like it's like LD or Swift just have to go solo. I can't see the whole group coming back. I think the thing with those um, those particular um, groups in it, they're quite um, dependent on obviously the two artists you named in it. Like obviously we all know LD is crazy, and we all know Swift in it. I feel like Section. I think you know they had that situation with their um, I think their their name being registered yeah, or something like that. Yeah, like I think that situation definitely dented them because obviously like. The industry knew them as Section, and then when they tried to make that rebrand to Smoke Boys, like people were kind of like, mm, not too sure about this one. You get me? And then with Six Seven, I just feel like it's only just LD man. Do you get me? You see, Abs, yeah. I was having this debate with my my bedrooms, right? I was saying that I reckon, yeah, this is a reach anyway. But I reckon Pop Smokes definitely heard Abracadabra subconsciously and thought, oh, yeah. like I like yeah. what this guy does with his West. Yeah. Let me try 100%. it like this. I'm not saying that's Pop Smoke's pure like inspiration for his sound, but like I think Abra Kadabra doesn't get the credit he he deserves. The Yet Man, I feel like he's Mark, been very, you know, very... funny. You know, people have been saying that Abra Kadabra is the UK Pop Smoke. They said Pop Smoke's the US Abra Kadabra. Yeah, and yeah, they got bare like because he was doing drill before, bro. UK definitely bought drill to where it is. Thanks for everyone listening. Jordan, thanks a lot for your time and your effort coming in and, you know, sharing some gems with us and especially the music industry and whatnot. But we appreciate your time. Just, you know, give our fans a few shout-outs and uh, give them your shows, socials and how to keep up with you. Yeah, no, no worries, man. Guys, honestly, thank you so much for having me. And, yeah, I can't lie, this podcast was bare help. I've learned so much from it, so it's good, man. My socials is Jordan underscore Bob on Instagram. And any, if you ever want questions on anything industry-related or if you're a new artist coming up and you just want an insight into things or you've got music to send, honestly, hit me up and I'm there. Yo, people, it's a 2.0 pod. Tell a friend to tell a friend. You know...